Today we bring you a stunning update on what could have been a replica of the Temple of Baal in New York City and elsewhere. Stay tuned. I would implore any pastor who is not today talking about Bible prophecy to talk about Bible prophecy. This is the answer that we're to give to every man of that hope that lies within us. Because nobody is talking about this. And they now have hope. They now have hope because they know that this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. People are fearful and they're looking for answers. And we have that answer. Mm -hmm. And shame on anyone. Shame on us for not giving to every man that answer of that hope that lies within us. My hope is in that sound of the trumpet (laughs) and the dead in Christ rising first and we who are alive and remain being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The need for watchmen is now like never before. Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, Hawaii, joined us last weekend and returns today to continue talking about America's forthcoming election and related issues. Is there time to make America great again? Where is America in Bible prophecy? Then we are pleased to report that the plans to bring a replica of the Temple of Baal to New York City have changed. We'll explain this hour. Now let's join Jan Markell. And welcome to the program. We look at news, views, truths from a decidedly biblical perspective. And uh, as I said last week, I was going to bring Pastor J.D. Farag back to the program. We had a very short segment with him last weekend, and he does his outstanding prophecy updates every week on YouTube. He is pastor of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, Hawaii. So you can just look up his updates on YouTube every week. And last week, we kind of summarized very briefly some of the things that are going on of significance. Number one, we talked a little bit about the somewhat distraction. He even calls it a demonic distraction of the 2016 election, and that is taking our eyes off of many things that are actually of equal importance and perhaps even more important. And we talked about a number of other things that I said we would come back and refer to this weekend, and we're going to do that. And Pastor J.D. Farag, thank you for joining me again this week. Appreciate it so much. You're certainly welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm not quite sure where to pick up, but let me just pick up on a couple of points. And we tried to cover last week why, in fact, there are some things going on that our listeners, unless you actually sit Pastor Farag online and dig for some news, you're probably not going to find a lot of things that are going on that are of earth-shaking importance all around the globe because everyone's focusing on making America great again, etc., etc., and you know what I'm talking about. And as much as you and I would probably like to see America be great again, in a sense, as we look at the eschatological clock, there may not be time to make America great again, and I think you would agree with me on that. I absolutely agree, and I'll take it a step further and suggest that if, theoretically, hypothetically, America was made great again, it then would stand to reason that because America is not present in Bible prophecy, that that would, in effect, delay Christ's coming. And here's how I get there. If America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy, and it isn't, and America was to be made great again, 
then it would stand to reason that America's position and posture geopolitically would be pronounced in the sense that we would become a player mm -hmm. again, great again, on the world scene. And when I read my Bible, I don't see America in that position, having that posture. Well, um, I would agree with you. It's just that we don't know. We don't know God's timetable. I really expected the Lord to come back in the late 1970s after I was really getting educated on some of these topics. And uh, but we didn't have the convergence of signs back then that we have today. Let me ask you a question here, because there are listeners thinking, well, I want to be active in getting folks out to vote. We certainly want to be praying for the country, praying for the world. We want to be salt and light. We want to delay the decay. What do you recommend? I mean, we see a very kind of a dark horizon for America. We don't know if that could happen in a week, a month, a year, or 10 years. But then what would you be recommending for listeners? Well, that's a great question and one for which I've personally struggle with in my own walk with the Lord and, and have been conflicted about in the sense that I, I love this country. My parents fled Islam back in the 60s and immigrated to America. And I was about nine months old when we moved to America. And were it not for that, I doubt very much that I would even be alive mm -hmm. today, let alone born again, had they not done that. So I have a, a love for this country, and I really believe that this country today is enjoying the residual blessing of prior generations blessing Israel. And I believe that the Christians in America are, in effect, staying the hand of God's judgment on this nation who has clearly turned its back on God. To answer your question, absolutely, this is, I believe, the most important, not one of the most important, but the most important elections of our lifetime. And it is absolutely incumbent upon us to vote. But I would also say that it's also incumbent upon us to loosen our grip on this nation and our grip and love for this world and the things of this world because it's not our home. This is not our final destination. We're just pilgrims. We're, we're nomads. We're Bedouins, if you prefer. I really encourage Christians to not lose hope. There's always hope. Yeah, but your hope is not in this world. Your hope is the hope of the Lord's return. I see it as a, a catalyst again. I see the, the decline and, I believe, even imminent destruction of America as the catalyst for us turning our attention to what awaits us, that blessed assurance. That's our blessed hope. I think that God is using what's happening in the world today, and particularly in the United States of America today, to loosen our grip on this, this world. Well, to ready us for the next. Yes, to ready us for the next. Um, let me ask you this then, because if in fact the spotlight is, is going to go off of America, it would seem, and, and this would be a Bible-based statement I'm about to make, that the Bible refers to the part of the world that is going to be revived and 
refers to a city sitting on seven hills. I think that that likely is a reference to a revived Europe, Europe that uh, the Antichrist likely going to come out of Europe. And you and I were talking a bit about this off air. Okay, if America is going to decline, well, let's be honest, the European Union is declining more rapidly than America. Europe kicked God out Oh, some 50, 60, 70 years ago, and we've been doing it here the last 30, 40 years. There are serious consequences to that, but how do you then reconcile, and we've had a good discussion on that, the fact that uh, Europe is imploding as we speak, and yet she's going to have to rise if, in fact, Antichrist is going to come out of Europe and make her great again. That, in fact, is what I believe is happening today in real time. And by that I mean the implosion of Europe, the implosion of America mm-hmm. at all, all around the world. Governments are collapsing. Economies are collapsing. That's right. Everything is collapsing. Perfect timing, right on schedule, if I can say it that way, because it will be on the heels of said implosion slash destruction that the Antichrist will arise and the world will embrace him as their savior. Their Messiah, Antichrist, does not just mean against Christ, it also means in the place of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the world is ripe and ready now for this charismatic leader to be revealed and they will embrace him because it will be on the heels of unspeakable and i believe sudden destruction while they are saying peace and security sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor Mm -hmm. what a perfect scenario what a perfect storm for the antichrist then to come on the scene and bring peace By peace, Daniel says, he will destroy many. And, of course, the church will be gone at this time. It has to be, and we talked about that the last time when the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians said that that day cannot come Mm -hmm. unless the departure comes first. Mm -hmm. And then the man of sin is revealed. He says it in verse 3, and he repeats it in verse 7. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio. I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line from Hawaii, Pastor J.D. Farag, and many of you catch his prophecy updates online. You can just uh, go to YouTube and type in the um, J.D. Farag prophecy updates. He's been doing this for about 10 years, about a half an hour each week, summarizing some of the highlights in prophecy from the last week, and it's, it's just tremendous. Quick overview of events going on around the world and how they tie into God's eschatological end time plan. I wanted to reference one more thing too, Pastor Farag, and and this goes back to God's hand of restraint being lifted, and we're back in America here again now, because we've seen some shocking things that have either transpired or about to transpire, particularly in New York City. Back in September, we had the goddess Kali, Hindu demon god, flashed onto the uh, Empire State Building, in a sense saying, seemed to be a symbol, a gesture anyway, that New York City was under the spell of a demon goddess. Well, we're going to have some remnant of the Temple of Baal coming to New York here in the next few months, other places of the world as well. And it seems like the one of the end-time prophecies that evil would wax worse and worse. Boy, that is literal. We've got demon gods and goddesses showing up in our major cities as God makes an exit. Of course, he's not leaving. We're throwing him out. Well, 
course, the breaking news the last couple of weeks is about this Temple of Baal to be erected in Times Square, and not just Times Square. No. Mm -mm. Uh, There was one report, I think it was, I forget what the source was, that altars to Baal will be built all around the world. All around the world. All around the world. Yeah, and this Baal story actually got updated here in just the last few days. And folks, we're going to report on that in the second and third portion of today's program. It's an incredible update we're going to bring you, that kind of breaking news. So we'll do that in just a few minutes. And Baal, Baal Zebub, this is the worst of the worst. And I hate to use the metaphor, but to me, this becomes one of the final nails in the coffin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of this country. Yeah, I agree. The handwriting is on the wall. And again, I, God does not take pleasure in punishing the wicked. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But there has to be, I think, at, at some point, especially for Christians, there has to be an awakening where Christians will wake up and look past all of the political rubbish that they see on their TVs and on their computer screens and look past that and understand that this is exactly what we were told would happen. You look at the ensuing chaos in the United States of America. I mean, we are talking about things as it relates to this current election that we have not talked about for generations. People are in fear of what's going to happen. And here's the thing, we still have nine months. Yes, we do. Till the election. So much can happen in nine months. So much can happen in one month. So much can happen in one week. James says, be careful when you say, I'm going to go into such and such a city and do business there and make a profit there. You don't know that. Your life is but a vapor. You should say, Lord willing, Lord willing. You know, Pastor Farag, it would be helpful, and you're representing a denomination that basically tells the truth. That's the Calvary Chapel churches across the world now. I've been in attendance with many of them. I've even spoken at a couple of them. But I think that you feel that there's not likely to come a revival in our generation. I think that the next revival is likely going to happen in the tribulation. And yet I've heard you say that if you want the church to grow, persecute it. Well, we're coming under some real persecution, whether it's this current administration or a next administration that could be leftist. We're going to come under persecution like we've never seen before, which is, of course, going to be good for the church, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's not all bad. It's not. And I really believe that the fullness of the Gentiles coming to completion will come vis-a-vis the Middle East. Because right Mm -hmm. now, we see in the Middle East, Arabs, Iranians, they're all coming to Christ by the multitudes. That, to me, is the final gathering, if you will, to complete the number of yeah. the Gentiles. It's not happening in America. Right. It's not happening in America. Yeah. And I think where I wanted to go with my thought, and then our time is winding down here, it would, it would be so helpful if the church would talk about some of the things that you and I are talking about. And other than a few spotty churches here and there, it's just not happening. And that's why people are turning to presentations online like yours and uh, John Heller and many others that are 
out there on, but try to go down to my corner church and get a message like you're delivering. Can't do it. And that's the tragedy of my lifetime that the church has stopped telling the truth. Is there a word of wisdom you would give to any pastors listening? I would implore any pastor who is not today talking about Bible prophecy to talk about Bible prophecy. This is the answer that we're to give to every man of that hope Mm -hmm. that lies within us. Since we've been doing these prophecy updates, I get, as I'm sure you do too, Jan, people from all over the world that are just thanking us up one side, down the other, because nobody is talking about this. And they now have hope. They now have hope because they know that this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. People are fearful. And they're looking for answers, and we have that answer. Mm -hmm. And shame on anyone, shame on us for not giving to every man that answer of that hope that lies within us. My hope is in that sound of the trumpet (laughs) and the dead in Christ rising first, and we who are alive and remain being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. It is so crucial. It is so crucial. The, The need for watchmen is now like never before in world history. I I made the comment a couple of weeks ago that there has never been a time in world history where Bible prophecy has been more important than it is today. I agree. It's it's exploding every day, the convergence of all the activities, the signs, happenings all over the world coming together. And most people can't connect the dots because the pulpits aren't connecting the dots. So they remain in ignorance. And that's why I wanted you to encourage the pastors as you have done. And I get those comments too, Pastor Frog, that uh, Mm. folks are so encouraged when they can hear the fact that there is something to cling to. And that is the blessed hope because he is coming again and I believe sooner rather than later. We will stay in touch. I would like to have you back, and we'll do a full hour on an update here in the next couple of months, and I do appreciate what you're doing so much. Folks, you can find his uh, Prophecy Update again weekly. Just go to YouTube and type in J.D. Farag Prophecy Update. Every week you'll get a fantastic 30-minute summary of some of the things that have been going on in the news and how it ties into the fact that the King is coming, and he is coming. So, Pastor Frog and I want to encourage you to always look up and be anticipating his return. We'll stay in touch. Thank you so much. Understanding the Times Radio tries to not just stay on top of the news for you, but to stay ahead of the news. That is why we have Pastor J.D. Farag with us today. In a moment, he'll talk about the backtracking of those who plan to bring a demonic temple to New York City. If you appreciate this kind of news reporting by Understanding the Times Radio, won't you become a financial partner? All gifts are tax deductible. You can give online at olivetreeviews.org or you can call us at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. We get our mail at Olive Tree Ministries, Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311, Box 1452. Table Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Be a part of the ministry that looks at today's issues in light of how the Bible outlines tomorrow. If 
If you are wanting some like-minded fellowship with Remnant Believers, consider joining us for our one-day Understanding the Times 2016 event, Saturday, October 15. We meet at the same location, Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis. There is no cost or registration needed. Our guests include Amir Sarfati from Israel. You must understand that in order to get the people to be one, in order to accept one government, one world leader, and it's all about bringing the whole world one, you also must create a global one world religious system. And Grand Lots will be joining us this year. But the world is not falling apart. It's actually falling into place. God is in control. He's in charge. The events that you're witnessing and experiencing have been foretold in Scripture. So God's plan is at work. Bible prophecy comes alive through the teaching of Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Out in our secular culture today, people are thinking about uh, the end times. I like to just put it like this, apocalypse is in the air. It's just kind of a a sense that people have that this world is getting near closing time. Coming to us from Washington, D.C. is White House correspondent Bill Koenig. Today, all final day players are taking their position actively and aggressively, and all final day markers are in play. We will not be live streaming this event, so why don't you make plans to join us in mid-October to better understand the issues of the day from a biblical perspective. While our times are in His hands, God still wants us to be like the sons of Issachar, who understood the times. For hotel information, visit our website, olivetreeviews.org, or call us at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. Our job each week is to remind you that things aren't falling apart, but they are falling into place according to the Bible. We are Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. Here's the point. America, long ago, replaced the only true and living God with these demonic false gods. Here's the fact of the matter. America will continue to be given over to these demonic false gods regardless of this year's presidential election outcome. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Regardless of what happens in November with this year's presidential election, America will continue to go down this road of forsaking the true and living God and replacing the true and living God with false gods. Dozens of media outlets announced in recent weeks that the Institute for Digital Archaeology was going to put replicas of the Temple of Baal from Palmyra, Syria, in downtown New York and London. The promoters of this have apparently changed their minds due to pressure, but we don't believe they've changed their hearts. This would have been a replica of a literal demonic temple in the heart of America. Pastor J.D. Farag and Jan Markell return to explain this stunning turn of events. And welcome back. Remember, I said that we would update the situation as it concerns the replica of the arch to the Temple of Baal, or Baal, pronounced either way, uh, in this segment and the next, because in recent days, those behind that effort, that is to bring a replica of the Ark of the Temple of Baal, or Baal, to New York City, have apparently backed track. And a replica of the Ark to this temple, as I said, was planned for New York, London, and many other places. And the timing in the early stages of the project was to 
could coincide with the satanic holiday time known as Beltane. Now, the consequences to America were this to happen uh, would be unimaginable. Now a replica of the Ark of Triumph may be replicated, but it does not have the evil overtones of anything associated with Baal or Baal. So I'm going to air a portion of Pastor Farag's most recent prophecy update from his online message, this is in the last few days, given at his church, that explains as much as can be explained. Some things may never be known as to exactly what happened to change the course here. The point that Pastor Farag makes is this, America is making gradual steps to replace the living God with demonic false gods. For this, there are terrible consequences. We can't make America great again, as the popular political slogan goes, as long as we have people who want to perpetrate this kind of evil in America when we have thoughts and intents like this. So now we're going to take about less than 20 minutes to replay a portion anyway of Pastor J.D. Farag's most recent message from his church in Hawaii, which is posted online every week. For today's prophecy update, I need to address a matter that was brought to my attention concerning this arch of the Temple of Baal, which is what we looked at for last week's Bible prophecy update. Here's why. There was an astonishing development just this last week, and it now seems that there's been a backtracking of sorts as it relates to replicas of the arch being placed in both New York and London on April 19th, as was originally reported. What I'd like to do is start from the beginning when this story first broke, and then I want to bring you up to speed on what's happening with this. It's the likes of which I haven't seen in quite some time. It's inexplicable, but all of a sudden there was a a decision made. We don't know who, when it was made, or even why it was made, but we know that it was made, and so I want to bring you up to speed on what's happening right now. I want to begin with this report from The Guardian. This was back on December 28th of last year. It was titled, Palmyra Arch That Survived ISIS to be Replicated in London and New York. In it, they say that copies of the 15-meter Temple of Baal entrance in Syria will be built in London and New York in a, quote, gesture of defiance. Quoting the article, the construction of the replicas will be the centerpiece of events for World Heritage Week planned for April with a theme of replication and reconstruction. It has also been characterized as a gesture of defiance against religious extremists' attempts to, interesting, erase evidence of the Middle East's pre-Islamic history. Interesting. Well, that was The Guardian on the 28th. And they go on to report that this arch would be replicated by the world's largest 3D printer. Have you seen the technology of 3D printing? It is just mind-boggling. On the same day, back in December of last year, December 28th, the United Press International News also reported on this, and the headline read, Palmyra, Syria, arch threatened by Islamic State to be recreated in London and New York City. Here's what they had to say. Replicas of an arch in the 2,000-year-old Temple of Baal, 
among the last remaining parts of an ancient Palmyra Syria structure demolished by the Islamic State will be erected in London and New York. The temple has been systematically raised with a 50-foot-tall arch among the few remaining elements of the building still standing. The temple dedicated, this is interesting, in the year 32 AD, think about that year, to the Mesopotamian god Baal attracted 150,000 tourists per year until 2011 when the civil war in Syria began. This brings us to just this last week and the controversy that erupted in the blogosphere when conflicting reports emerged that it's not going to be the arch of the temple of Baal that's going to be replicated in London and New York. Rather, it's going to be the arch of triumph instead. And to make matters worse, it was also reported that it would not be simultaneous in New York and London on April 19th, as earlier reported, and instead would only be in London. Now, as you might imagine, social media lit up with no shortage of anti-Christian antagonists. I got my share of emails after last week's update, and they were all quick with labels such as conspiracy theorists and my personal favorite, Christian extremists. Did you know that you're a Christian extremist? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll wear that label with as a badge of honor. I, I hope I'm a Christian extremist. I want to be all in wholeheartedly serving God. If that's what a Christian extremist is, sign me up. But here's the problem. This is seen as yet another instance in which students and teachers of Bible prophecy, as if we needed one of these, another one, have once again been duped, to which I would lovingly respond, not so fast. And this Telegraph article from just two days ago on Friday explains why. The title reads, Why the Arch of Triumph of Palmyra is being recreated in London 1,800 years after it was built. In it they say, When the Institute for Digital Archaeology, IDA, revealed last December that it was intending to use its data and expertise to build not one, but two replica Palmyra arches to be unveiled simultaneously in London and New York, it generated headlines across the world. Interesting. Since then, there has been some backtracking on the original idea. There will now be no simultaneous unveiling in New York. They may transport the London Arch there later or build another one. And the Palmyra Arch that is being reconstructed is no longer to the entrance of the Temple of Baal, which survived an attempt to blow it up in August of 2015, but instead the Arch of Triumph partially destroyed in October. Now you tell us. <laughs> this brings up several questions, chief of which is why? Why did they change their minds? And why did they decide on the Arch of Triumph instead of the Arch of the Temple of Baal? And another question is, when did they make this decision? I, I did a lot of research on this. I spent a significant amount of time on this yesterday. 
And I came up empty-handed. There's almost a conspicuous silence as it relates to this arch of the temple of Baal and why the sudden change and who made the decision to change it from the arch of the temple of Baal to the arch of triumph. We're probably never going to know why they did this or who decided this or even when they decided this, but here's what we do know. As of December of last year, it was the arch of the temple of Baal. Here's where I'm going with this. I believe by virtue of the fact Baal was the original plan, that in and of itself is enough. And I'll explain what I mean. Regardless of the decision to replicate the arch of triumph instead, it's enough that it was to be Baal in the first place. In other words, just the fact that they would even plan to do something like this is evidence that the proverbial handwriting is on the wall. Just August of last year, you remember? The stunning display of the Hindu goddess Kali. It lit up the Empire State Building. We talked about this in a prophecy update at the time. And very interesting, this goddess is the goddess of destruction. I find that rather telling. What are we doing lighting up the Empire State Building with a false god and a goddess of destruction, no less. Here's the point. America, long ago, replaced the only true and living God with these demonic false gods. I know some of you are thinking, oh boy, pastor, here you go again. Here's the fact of the matter. America will continue to be given over to these demonic false gods regardless of this year's presidential election outcome. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Regardless of what happens in November with this year's presidential election, America will continue to go down this road of forsaking the true and living God and replacing the true and living God with false gods. What are you saying, Pastor, that you've totally given up hope on America? Not exactly. There's always hope. I mean, two words could change everything, but God... But God could bring an awakening, and certainly we hope he does. There is a but. When I read my Bible, I do not see the once most powerful nation on earth, the once most blessed nation on the face of the earth in Bible prophecy. So it would stand to reason that something must happen to the United States of America to explain her absence from Bible prophecy. And that's how I get there. I cannot see an America in Bible prophecy which tells me that something must happen to America. Namely, the demise, sadly, the destruction of America from without and perhaps as well from within. And here's why on two fronts. Number one, we have forsaken the true and living God and we have forsaken Israel. We have forsaken Israel. You cannot rip Genesis 12, 2, and 3 out of your Bibles. You cannot black it out. If you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse Israel, you'll be cursed. What happens when a nation turns their back on God? Again, I am playing a portion of Pastor J.D. Farag's most recent message. 
on uh, YouTube. It's from his church, of course, on the placing of a replica to an ark to the Temple of Baal or Baal in New York, London, and other places. It was scheduled to happen in the next few days, and those behind the efforts backed down, and the reasons behind this are frankly mysterious. Um, The consequences to all of this are unthinkable, but for some reason this has been delayed, so let's continue and conclude with Pastor Farag's message. What happens when a nation wants nothing to do with God and, worse yet, is given over to false gods? More specifically, hear me out, the gods of Syria. One of the things I can't get over is that they want to bring relics. They want to replicate arches that represented the entrance into temples where they did the most abominable of things, unspeakable evil in their worship of these false demonic gods. And we want to bring the gods of Syria, the Baal gods, we want to bring them here to America. We need look no further than the book of Judges, chapter 10. Will you uh, just indulge me as I read verses 6 through 16? Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. Listen, the gods of Syria, Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines, and they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. From that year, they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. All the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. In verse 9, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah, also against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals. So the Lord, verse 11, said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines, also the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Maonites who oppressed you? And you cried out to me and I delivered you from their hand? Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. And the children of Israel, verse 15, said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So thank God for verse 16. They put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Would to God that a verse 16 could be written about the United States of America. So it could be said of this once most blessed and greatest nation on earth. So America put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And God could no longer endure the misery of America. One of the most terrifying scriptures in all the pages of Holy Writ is Jeremiah 7.16. We're told that God 
actually says to Jeremiah, stop praying, stop praying. Stop praying for Israel. I'm not going to hear your prayers. Therefore, he says, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying that we should not pray for America? I think I've shared very candidly, very openly, that this personally for me is something for which I am very conflicted. And I say that because I just don't see America being great again. And even if hypothetically, theoretically, America was great again, then that means that maybe Jesus is not coming back as soon as I had hoped. Because if America is still great, that means America is still a player on the geopolitical stage. And that's not compatible with what I read in my Bible about what the world's going to be like in the last days prior to the rapture of the church. Ray Stedman of this verse wrote, Imagine that. God commanded that the prophets should cease praying for the people of Judah, that he was not to ask God for their deliverance any longer, not to cry out to God for them, to fast, pray, nor in any way to intercede on behalf of these people. God says, don't pray. <laughs> Most of us think of prayer as something to do when everything else fails. And surely the last thing God would ever command is that we stop praying. There does come a time when God says, stop praying. I will not hear. It's interesting in verse 27 of that same chapter, what God goes on to tell Jeremiah. He tells him, in addition to not praying, that he's to keep preaching. He says, therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. Now, Jeremiah was amazing to me. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. Think about Jeremiah. He's referred to as the weeping prophet, not one convert. In his ministry, he didn't have one salvation. If you were to have a conference and invite speakers from the Old Testament, you would not have Jeremiah come to your conference to speak. You might want to have Jonah. He had a whole nation repent. <laughs> he didn't want him to. <laughs> he didn't even preach the gospel. He just said, you're going to burn in 40 days and I can't wait. I'm going to go up here and watch. I can't wait till God just torches you. Even got mad at God when they repented. Don't be too hard on Jonah. It would be the equivalent of the Islamic state repenting. That would be a comparison to put it into perspective. Let me just say that I'm going to keep preaching, and I am going to keep praying. I'm just going to keep praying for this nation. But I really believe that the last nail has already been put in the coffin of America. In just a minute or two, uh, my often co-host Eric Barger will join me as we wrap this up with a short discussion. Don't go away. God remains in control. Nothing happens that he does not allow. The forces of evil stand no chance when God acts. We'll continue and conclude this remarkable story in just a moment. If you appreciate this kind of reporting on breaking news, help keep this program on the air across America. You can always give a tax-deductible gift online at olivetreeviews.org. You can call our office at 763-559-4444, 763-559-4444, or just drop us a note 
at Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Recently, we made you aware of the 100-plus-year agenda to take America down and replace democracy with Marxism. Curtis Bauer spent two weeks on air warning us through his video, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, that there is indeed a sinister agenda at play. We are now offering that DVD for a tax-deductible gift of $25 or more if you ask for it and live in the U.S. You can request the DVD with a donation online at olivetreeviews.org or write us, Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota 55311. Call us at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. Be a part of a ministry that talks about today with an eye on tomorrow and support our outreach airing in over 800 radio markets across North America. America just keeps turning more and more to evil is very, very troubling. Giving up the God of the universe for these gods that um, I know many listeners are just stunned when they hear this kind of information. We have seen this hour how the handwriting is on the wall. As America turns from God, the forces of evil move in. What can you do to counter this? Let's return to Jan Markell and Eric Barger as they conclude and summarize what might have been and what that could have meant. There are consequences when a nation turns from God and honors demons. Perhaps now it becomes clear why America is not in Bible prophecy. Remember, you can get a CD of any program. You might want a CD of this program to pass along to friends and loved ones as kind of a warning, I think. I'd like to bring on now my very often co-host, Eric Barger, who also is a cult and occult expert, I feel, and uh, have a short discussion to close this hour. And Eric, you've heard most of Pastor Farag's message, and you're more than tuned in to this story. Your thoughts before we kind of close things out here? I'm afraid that uh, there might be some Christians who would think that uh, all is well now because they are not going to erect the the entranceway to the Temple of Baal. And and I think we need to think again on that. I believe that that this is probably going to happen at some point in time. In fact, news reports were out there saying they were going to reconstruct uh, both of the temples that have the, uh, the word Baal attached to them from Palmyra. Serious. So if they do that, these things are going to be the awe of the world. The world's mm-hmm. going to look at this and look at the wonderful technology that we're using now to be able to carve stone, mm-hmm. which is the way they're making these things block by block out of huge pieces of stone, and they're doing it with 3D technology. 3D. So it's not a time to let down our guard. Too often, I think, when we have some sort of victory, we decide to have a party and we forget that the enemy is not doing this. He's continuing on his mission. So we need to be the same. Yeah, I, I do think many feel when they hear this news. 
news that, I mean, we've, you might say we've dodged the proverbial bullet. Others think, as you're alluding to here, Eric, that this is maybe a, a temporary reprieve. I don't think we know what's down the road. I do think that um, a statement that Pastor Farag and I made somewhere along through this interview here that America just keeps turning more and more to evil is very, very troubling. Giving up the God of the universe for these gods that, um, I know many listeners are just stunned when they hear this kind of information. Yeah, that's so true. And, uh, you know, intent, I think intent is sometimes just as evil, just as bad as uh, the actual carrying out of an act. And the intent was obvious here Mm -hmm. that uh, though someone, we don't know who, as we mentioned mentioned several times, and Pastor Frog did too, we don't know who has changed this from the arch of the the entranceway to the Temple of Baal to the Triumphal Arch, which is a Roman structure in Palmyra. But they're going to reconstruct this Roman arch. Let's not forget where they were going to start with. The New York Times the New York Post, Mm -hmm. the UPI wire service, the largest newspapers in the UK Mm -hmm. and in Europe, all reported, as Pastor Farag already pointed out in the last segment, multiple times that they were going to do the uh, the Arch of the Temple of Baal, which, by the way, is the only thing still standing at that particular site in Palmyra. So it's no mistake. And the original intent, engineered by UNESCO and Oxford and Harvard, along with the, the Institute of Digital Archaeology, was to coincide with the UN's World Heritage Month and to unveil this 50-foot-high replica, <laughs> this entranceway to a pagan temple. By the way, do you think they're going to unveil a 50-foot-high version of the cross of Jesus Christ? I don't think so. Good point. Yeah, but that's you know that's what the world is doing, and they're in awe of these things, and isn't it wonderful that we can go back and we can replicate antiquity or the things of antiquity? But this particular temple and this particular God that was worshipped by the pagans and sadly by many of the Israelites in, in those Old Testament days, this caused the rap- of God to, to come down on Israel on more than one occasion. And uh, to put this arch in London or have the plan to do it in London mm-hmm. and also at the at the crossroads of the world in Times Square, New York City, that ought to get our attention that, that these people are probably going to come back with something else that we are going to see as completely the antithesis of God, evil in all ways. Here's why you got concerned, even our other co-host, Joe Martin Rishi, another cult and occult expert, got extremely concerned, as did I, it's because of there's some significant timing here because April 19th begins a approximately 10-day time known as Beltane, which is an extremely high holiday within Satanism, just in the dark world known as Beltane. And I think we need to talk about that for just a few minutes. And, I, and honestly, Eric, I don't want to get real dark here. This is not why people tune into Christian radio. But at the same time, we've got evil forces on the move. And whether or not this was an intentional timing to time into with a demon god, timing into a very dark period of satanic activity around the world known as Beltane. We don't know. We do not know, nor do we want to be sensational here either, but it is highly suspicious, and I know you agree, as does our other co-host, Joel Rishi. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it is always a balancing act to try to figure out how much information and what details we can give and how far to go and how far not to go when we're dealing with issues like this. It's it's just part of our job in, in trying to understand the times, but yet at the same time, not blow people away and gross them out. And, you know, that's that's not our, our goal here. But I think it's important that the, the church and our listeners, I think, are going to get this because they're not just the average turn the radio on, listen to 
few songs and go on their way. These are people who want this kind of information. They want to be armed and be informed, and that's why we're doing this. So Beltane, or Beltine, it's pronounced both ways. This is perhaps the highest unholy day of the year to mm-hmm. pagans. It could even eclipse in some circles mm-hmm. Halloween or uh, Samhain. At the same time, we know it's at least in second place. So this is an important thing. They were going to unveil the arch in New York City back when they were advertising and the news reports were were saying from the New York Times to all the papers in Europe and so on were reporting that it was going to be the archway to the Temple of Baal. They were going to do that on April 19th. Now, it's interesting. Of course, I guess you have a 1 in 365-day chance of getting this, but April 19th in the world of the occult is called the Feast of Moloch. Now, Moloch may be the most hideous of all the demonic gods that were ever worshipped in ancient times. And that began a 13-day period known as the Blood Sacrifice of the Beast. And that leads right up to May Day, which is Beltine. The world celebrates it in different ways, but uh, the world of the occult, those folks don't celebrate it the same way. They see it as a very important day of reincarnation, of life coming back, etc., after, after the winter. A lot of superstitions involved, uh, blood sacrifices, those kind of things. But just, just think of this. we got the Feast of Moloch when they're going to unveil the arch, and then it leads up to the blood sacrifice of the beast. Was this just an accident? Yeah, I just have to ask the question because I don't know. We can't uh, find any information where anyone has taken any kind of responsibility about why they changed from the Arch of the Temple of Moloch to the Arch of Triumph, which is a Roman structure, in the first place. But they did. And uh, we certainly are not going to have anybody tell us, oh yeah, we decided to, to commemorate this high pagan holiday or unholy day by doing this. We really don't know. Okay, I just want to clarify for our listeners then, Eric, that we have a triumphal arc that is going to be erected in London. This is from Palmyra. But uh, nothing is being uh, erected in New York. No 3D image of anything is coming to the U.S. As far as we know at this date, that is correct. That's exactly right. Okay, now, there's something I picked up on, and that is that the promoters of this said, at one time, they said that this was all to be a gesture of defiance, really against ISIS, who toppled these ancient relics, I believe last summer, in July or August of last summer. I just want to say that I suggest that believers have a gesture of defiance defiance against the prince of darkness uh, right now to, to put on the full armor of God and to stand against Satan who's making all sorts of end time moves including this one that he's trying right now. Well you know we have to understand that the enemy appears to be funding and uh, shall we say giving aid and comfort to both sides in some of these conflicts. He is. I mean he's the one that's bringing all the death, destruction, etc. We have to remember who he is and what mm-hmm. his description is from scripture. So well, we may have people who say we want to defy ISIS, but yet they want to use the Temple of Baal to do so. Yes, and I, I too want to clarify, and, and Pastor Farag said this as well, that to some of you, we may sound like conspiracy theorists, because this is a strange story. I can't help it, folks. We're in strange times. We are. But we are just sending out a warning as a watchman on the wall, and, and we must do this according to Ezekiel 33, or the blood is on our hands. We've just simply taken this entire hour, at least most of this hour, to sound a warning about what could have happened and what still 
might happen because though we seem to have dodged a bullet here for the time being, again, we do not know what's coming down the road. You know, Jan, there was intent, no doubt about it. When the New York Times and all these other news Mm -hmm. outlets are reporting the same thing, the intent was there. And suddenly there was an about face and nobody Mm -hmm. on in the planning of this, no, none of the people from Harvard or from um, from Oxford, none of them are, are talking about this. The uh, Institute of Digital Archaeology is not talking about mm-hmm. it. There was suddenly an about face, and that's that's a very curious thing. Why they changed, and we could make all kinds of suppositions, and that's all it would be, because we really don't know. But why they changed? Well, the fact is they did change, but the intent was there. You know, listeners who are familiar with the Bible will recall that even before the children of Israel entered the promised land. The Lord God warned against worshiping Canaan's gods, but Israel turned to idolatry anyway. We can read about it in the book of Kings, Chronicles, Judges, full of story of Baal or Baal worship in Israel at the temples of Baal and unspeakable practices that that took place. And today, Eric, we've got evil waxing worse and worse today all around the world, but that is prophesied in the Bible as a sign of the last days. The world needs repentance. That's the answer to the world. Mm -hmm. For the church, we need to be aware of what's happening, and we need to be prepared. Should the Temple of Baal visit New York or Minneapolis or Seattle or elsewhere, Mm -hmm. be prepared because uh, just because it didn't happen this time, that intent was there. I think it might be coming down the road. And most importantly, God is the one who triumphs. He's the one who's in charge. And I, I would encourage listeners to read that account in 1 Kings 18 of the 450 false prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah that, and what happened with Elijah there because it's such a positive story and it shows who has the victory. Thank you, Eric, for joining me in this closing segment. Let me say this going out, folks. When the time was right, the sea parted, the walls fell down, the lions went hungry, the sun stood still, the waves were calm, the stone was rolled away, the clouds were parted, the Lord ascended, and when the time is right, the King of Kings will return. God is never early. He is never late. He is always right on time. His plan for you is good, and we will talk to you next week. You don't want to miss one week of Understanding the Times Radio. If you do, you can always find the weekly program on our website by Saturday at olivetreeviews.org. We post daily articles that keep you informed as well. Stories that outline issues presented today. Be sure to visit our store for products that will sharpen your Christian worldview and keep you apprised of the kind of news and information you've heard today. Jan loves to hear from you. Drop us a note and a tax-deductible gift to Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Join us again next week as we unpack the news and information of the day.